So good morning listeners and welcome to Common Sea Inspirations being produced here in our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And this the eighth of March. It's the second Sunday in the second Sunday of Lent. My name is John Keeney, and help me to produce the programme again as usual. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John, and how are we keeping? How is your joyous season of Lent progressing? It's, 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 it's progressing. I'm not saying the joyous, <laughs> but it's progressing anyway. We always say the first weekend, the first, this is the, well, this is the second Sunday of Advent, but the first week is generally the hardest week. Well, you see, you see, the first few days of Lent, you're, you're all full of, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, and then <clears throat> you find it's not so easy. But listen, I mean, perse- perseverance, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we'll get there. But in the meantime, I want to welcome all those listeners who are listening to us who are housebound. Those listeners who are lonely and struggling. It's very important that we mention those every week because I've met them. I know that they're, some of them are on their own, maybe listening to this at 11 o'clock, half 11, maybe over Sunday nights. Um, you're welcome and thank you indeed for joining us and thank you indeed for your prayer support. I know that's there and thank you so much for that. Myself and Shane, Shane need that, believe you me. This programme, as people might want to know, is broadcast on Sacred Space, a programme called Sacred Space, which is on West Limit 102 local radio, and that's at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And it's available for playback and download on commonseeinspirations.buzzbread.com. Again, we just ask people, if they so wish, to Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll get us there. Uh, today, we will, are going to continue on with our series on reflecting on the Stations of the Cross, as you know, we started off that last week, a beautiful reflection there of the first three stations with Rosa Connor from the Limerick Pastoral Centre. This week we were joined, we were joined by three members of the Emmanuel community, that's Geraldine Creason, Jared Hanley and Barbara Henley, and they share their reflections on the fourth, fifth and sixth stations. So that will be taking, part in, uh, taking place in part two. And part three, as usual, will go through the Sunday Gospel, read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. We'd like you to contact us by text. If you've got any ideas at all, comments, 087-6088-667 is our number, 087-6088-667. Or you can email us, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. So just give it that text again, 087-6088-667. Now, as usual, we'll ask Shane to share some signs for the week for this, please. Thanks, Shane. Okay, John. So, as we've been saying... Um while we're going through the celestial guides, they do take a slight big bit of a backseat liturgically during the Lenten season. So uh, just today, as today is, uh, as John said, it's the second Sunday of Lent. So for those praying the Psalter, we're using week two. Now, because it's the second Sunday of Lent, we don't celebrate the feast day of St. Sinan. And I just had to point that out because St. Sinan, of course, is the patron saint of my home parish in West Limerick. Then on Monday, the 9th of um, March, we celebrate the feast day of St. Francis of Rome. <clears throat> lived a happily married man, died, uh, sorry, lived a happily married life, I beg your pardon, and founded a society of women with the rule of St. Benedict and became a member of it after her husband's death. And she died in 1440. Um, on Tuesday, we have the feast day of St. John Ogilive, I think is how you pronounce this man's name. He is a Scottish saint. He was born in Scotland and he is one of the martyrs of England and Wales. Sorry, he's, yeah, well, he's Scottish, but yeah, he's, he's regards one of the martyrs of England and Wales. I don't know why. Um, and he was, he died, he was hanged in Glasgow uh, in 1615 for the crime of being um, a priest, a Jesuit. 
and administering to Catholics in Scotland at the time, which obviously was under the um, the, the, the penal laws and so forth. So he, he died in 16, 1615. And one of the interesting things about him is there are no relics of his body surviving. Um, so... Um, because he was he was he was hung he was hung drawn and quartered. Then on the 11th of March we have the feast day of Saint Angus on the Irish calendar. Now Saint Angus, <clears throat> excuse me, John. So Saint Angus is very much associated with County Leash, um, but also um, or he came to the monastery at Tala at the end of the 8th century and. During the Abbacy of Melrun, Saint Melrun, he was renowned for his devotion to both foreign and native saints, and he composed two martyrologies. And martyrologies are the listings of the saints. Um, he returned to County Leash, where he became an abbot and a bishop in Clunoc, I think it's how it's pronounced, and he died around 824 AD. So that's what we know about Saint Angus from the from the Irish calendar. Then on Thursday the 12th, we have the feast day of Saint Theophus. Theoph Theophanes, the chronographer, educated at the Byzantine imperial court, was a married layman. Both him and his wife entered religious life. He founded two monasteries and he wrote a book called The Chronography, which was kind of a sort of abstract of history from 284 to 813 AD. And he was arrested, tortured and exiled uh, by Leo the Armenian for opposing icon iconism, which was the destruction of the icons, and he well he died in 817 of natural causes. Then on Friday the 13th, looking for some and looking for others, we have the feast day of Saint Gerald of Mayo. We don't know a whole lot about this guy except for the fact that he was originally a monk at Lindisfarne in England. Then he went to Inishbofin in 6868. And he was abbot at Mayo of the Saxons Abbey in 670, which was a house for English monks in Ireland. And then he was abbot until 697 when he stood down. And he returned and he may have been a bishop of Mayo, but records vary ever so slightly. And he died on the 13th of March, 731 in Galway. Finally, John, on Saturday the 14th of March, we have the feast day of St. Maud. Now, St. Maud or Queen Maud, she was a she's a Saxon princess queen, very, very much regarded uh, for for um, you know living a very heroic life, and uh, she went uh, around helping the poor and the needy, very much associated with comforting those that were afflicted. Uh, her husband died after 23 years of marriage. And then um, she uh, entered um, she entered an abbey after his death, and she died in 968. So she's one of the Saxon uh, royalties uh, saints. There's quite a lot of them there actually. If you look at the um, the calendar of England, there and the names some of the names are almost impossible to pronounce. But anyway, so that's what we have, John, in terms of our celestial guides this week. You're doing pretty good now with the pronunciation, Shane. When I listened to you there, and I thought, oh, I couldn't do that. But anyway, well done. Thank you again for sharing those with us. Okay, there's a few notices. I've got a few, and I think Shane's got one to just to present to our listeners this morning. The, one, the first one I want to um, promote is um, the monks of Glenstall have again one of their Lenten reflections taking place in the library, in the monastery library, 4.30 p.m. this evening. Tea and coffee afterwards, donation 10 euros, and Vespers, if you so wish, you can visit at 6 p.m. 
Today, uh, for the Brendan Coffee, we'll present a reflection on where two or three are gathered. So that's, again, Glen Store, Monastery Library, 4.30pm this afternoon. I've got one here from a, a good friend of mine. Uh, actually, just to let me know, uh, maybe there's listeners out there who might be interested in a retreat over three evenings to help, to help us prepare for Easter. There are reflective talks, meditation and music, calm the mind, open the heart, heal the wounds. The venue is St. Mary's of the Rosary Parish Church in Nina. That's Nina. Um, the presenters are a good friend of our own, uh, Martina Lahan Sheehan and her husband Patrick. So that's a journey towards hope this Easter. It's a retreat. March the 29th, 30th and 31st, um, 7.30 to 8.45. 7.30 in the evening to 8.45. March the 29th, 30th and 31st. Reflective talks, meditation and music. Just remind listeners again about um, the parish of Mongret, Krikora Rahin, uh, have begun and will continue on a, a journey of discovery during Lent to seek and find Jesus in adoration. There's a one-hour ad- uh, programme on Fridays during March from 8pm to 9pm at St. Nesson's Church, Rahin. Uh, you receive new insights and practical resources on Eucharistic adoration, learn a new adoration song, Hear a themed reflection on adoration and spend some time in silent adoration. And there is a cuppa afterwards, a cup of tea, where we can share in the Millennium Centre, which is next there to the church in Rahin. So that's on Friday evenings, uh, 8pm to 9pm, Rahin Church, St. Nesson's Church in Rahin. Um, I just want to bring to Lister's attention that uh, this, this notice that, that I just picked up today is from the Diocesan Centre. But this is one in particular. It's in regard to the following guidelines are offered to, church, to clergy and congregations in order to contain the spread of coronavirus to protect parishioners throughout the church, Catholic Church in Ireland. These, gui- these guidelines will be kept under review and informed by the latest updates from the health authorities north and south. So these are a few points. The celebration of Mass and, and Church liturgies. Those with virus symptoms are dispensed from Sunday obligation to attend Mass. Members of the clergy and congregation who feel ill should self-isolate and stay at home for 14 days. Only the celebrant should drink from the chalice. For the time being, the chalice should not be shared with concelebrants, ministers of, of the Eucharist or members of the congregation. Holy Communion should, should, should be received into the hand and not on the tongue. For ministers of the Eucharist, hand hygiene, respiratory hygiene can reduce and spread the infections. This means thoroughly washing and sanitising your hands with disinfectant gel before and after distribution of Holy Communion. Whilst the exchange of sign of peace involves a low risk of spreading the virus, it should should for the present be suspended. And to avoid um, facilitating the spread of the infection, the use of holy water fonts should be suspended. There's just a few little notes that just picked up there. We might just continue to give you those next week if it's applicable. In the meantime, Shane, I think you've got one yourself. You want one, one little notice you want to present to the listeners? Yeah, so um, there is, uh, there's an event coming up in uh, on the 10th, 11th and 12th of March, which is next Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Now, it, and it's called the St. John's Bible Heritage Programme. Now, the St. John's Bible, just so people are aware, this was a project that was undertaken uh, by the Benedictine Abbey of St. John uh, in the United States of America. And basically what it was, was a team of artists 
coordinated by Donald Jackson, um, brought together the, the ancient arts of calligraphy and illumination to write a handwritten Bible. And it's St. John's Bible, as it's known, is sometimes referred to as the American Book of Kells. It's very beautifully written in calligraphy, uh, beautifully illuminated. Um, I think it takes up to seven volumes. And it's coming to Ireland. And it's actually going to be in Mary Mackle College over the next couple of days. So in terms of events for the public, on the evening, so on the evening of the 10th of March, uh, now this is interesting, there's no, there's seven o'clock, uh, there's at the Tara building in Mary Mackle College, there's an open evening, keynote address and breakout sessions where people get to engage with the, the volumes of the St. John's Bible. And that starts at seven o'clock on Monday, yes, sorry, seven o'clock on the 10th of March. And that's in Mary Mackle College in Limerick City at the Tara building. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. So there's a keynote address by facilitator Tom Turns. And there's then at quarter past eight, participants can see, look at the calligraphic nature of the Bible, or they can look at um, the words and images that are used for key passages of the handwritten text. Now, it's a beautiful thing. I've, I, I've seen a, a copy of it myself. I haven't actually seen the, the thing itself. And it is, it's, it's beautifully done. And I would say to people that maybe they should think about it. If you can't go on the 10th of March, on the 12th of March, there is an open evening again, but this time it's in Mary Magdalene College in Thurless. So that's their Thurless campus. That's the old St. Patrick's College in Thurless. And again, it's the same times as the, the, the keynote address is at seven, and then there's a breakout afterwards at quarter past eight. And for those that want to attend that open evening, there is a small cost of 20 euros. Now, for those of you that maybe have the time, there's a day of immersion, retreat, and recollection. Uh, experience the word come to life, which is a retreat day with the St. John's Bible. And that is on the 11th of March in Glenstall. And it runs from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it's 50 euros, including lunch. And the it has to be booked through the Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies. So that's contacting... Father Eamon Fitzgibbon. So the, if you want to look, contact the website, that's irishinstituteofpastoralstudies.com. It's all one word. Or look up www.mic.ie. And the retreat day is on the 11th of March. Starts at 10 a.m. in Glenstall and goes on until 6 p.m. And obviously, as well as, you know, uh, you look at the, the view of the Glenstall's own manuscript collection. There's a tour of the Icon Chapel. There's you join the community for prayers during the day. There's lunch. And then there's talks about the St. John's Bible, uh, including viewing the actual Bible itself. So, John, that's just that notice. So just again to say on the 10th or the 12th, uh, so on the 10th of March in Mary Macklet in Limerick, there's the open evening starts at 7 o'clock. On the 11th, there's the Day of Immersion. That's at Glenstall. Starts at 10 a.m. And then on the 12th of March, there's the open evening again, but that's at Mary Magdalene College in Thurless. So that's it, John. Thanks for that, Shane. Okay, we'll go for a, a prayer just before we, we go for our first bit of music. This prayer, I prayed a few weeks ago, and I like it. Dear Lord, I give you my hands to do your work. I give you my feet to go your way. I give you my eyes to see as you see. I give you my tongue to speak your words. 
I gave you my mind, that you may think in me. I gave you my spirit, that you may pray in me. Above all, I give you my heart, that you may love me. So now we'll go for our first bit of music. Um, this one is entitled uh, Pieces Flowing Like a River by Melinda Dumitriscu. And please join us again in part two, where the Emmanuel community will be sharing their reflections on the stations of the class four, five and six. So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. And today, to continue on with our reflections on the Stations of the Cross, as people would have known last week, our listeners would have known last week, we have decided um, for the five Sundays in Lent to invite various guests to help us to, to join with us and help us to journey uh, with Jesus to Calvary by reflecting on the Stations of the Cross. So last week... Rose O'Connor joined us and we, she reflected it, helped us to reflect on the first, second and third station. So this week it's a joy again for me to welcome in this second of our series today, uh, welcome three members of the Emmanuel community in Limerick. That's Geraldine Creighton, Jared Hanley and Barbara Hanley. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. So today, so Geraldine and um, Jared and Barbara have agreed to reflect with us on the fourth, fifth, and sixth stations. So maybe to help us to prepare to listen to these reflections, might be opportune for us to play a little bit of Taze music just to help us to settle down, and maybe just get into into the whole spirit of what it's about.
So now this morning, Geraldine's going to share with us a reflection on the fourth station. So at the fourth station is Jesus meets his mother, Mary. So reflecting on on this, I thought it was really strong, a strong thing that Jesus met his mother so early on, on the journey. And we know the road that Jesus walked is called the Via Della Rosa now, the way of sorrow. And he meets his mother along this way quite early. And if we can imagine maybe the look that was between the son and his mother and the mother and her son, the two faces, the two hearts so familiar with one another. And it must have been just an extraordinary moment for for Mary to see her son in the midst of the crowd, pushed and pulled and, and dragged along and carrying the weight of the cross and seeing him suffer. I was thinking when I was reflecting on this, of the the prophecy when Mary presented Jesus in the temple when he was a very, very small boy. And part of that was the the prophet Simeon said to her, a sword will pierce your heart too. And I was just thinking about at that moment was that she feel that the sword literally piercing her heart. I think any mother who sees her son suffering a sword must pierce the heart. Any one parent who sees a child suffering, the sword must pierce the heart. And anybody who sees suffering, because we're human, we have an emotional response. We have, we have, a, uh, we have a, a certain pain. But the pain of a parent must be extraordinary. And the pain of Mary, I think we cannot know. We cannot know what it's like. But she accepted this right from the start. She accepted to journey with God in caring for Jesus along with Joseph. And, you know, even to the end, it really struck me that that she was there as he started this, this walk to Calvary. And she was there at the very end at, at the cross. But to be with him on the journey, I think this is a very, very, it's, it's a very strong point. It just shows how close the two hearts of Jesus and Mary are. And for us, in our, in our own journey, we can think about the fact that Mary actually accompanies us as well. She accompanies us. She knows our, our sorrows and our pains. And I think in as much as Jesus was comforted by Mary, Mary's presence, we too can be comforted by her presence and her prayer in our own suffering. And she had the great gift, I think, of being able to right from the very start, associate herself or be really her heart within the heart of Jesus, associate with his heart in his own suffering. She, she entered in. And there's a certain sense that, that, that we are called, I think, in this station to allow our own hearts to, to be pierced, our own hearts to be moved by the suffering of God in, in Jesus, but also the suffering in Mary's heart. If we find it difficult to relate to Jesus, then to understand a mother's pain at her son and from there to be able to understand God's pain at the suffering in the whole world and his desire to make to to make something new of our all of our lives, his desire to bring change and wholeness and healing. Uh, the song I've chosen um, is, is a song called Mother of Sorrows and it's written by a man called Greg Milu. And in this song, the chorus says, Mother of Sorrows, you know our tears, comfort us in our need. 
mother of hope, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And, you know, Mary's presence is there to be our comfort, but Mary is also the person of hope. And I wonder, did she also give hope to her son in that moment? Did she give hope to Jesus as he was at the start of his journey to keep going? And then when she met him later on, you know, at, at the cross, it was this faithfulness must give great hope to Jesus, to give great hope to God as our own. If we're faithful, we try day by day to be faithful. It 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 gives hope and it, it actually gives, uh, it's a way of praying to God by just being faithful uh, day by day and following along the path. So I, I invite you to to really close your eyes and listen to this prayer, uh, this song of prayer about Mother of Sorrows, and it tracks uh, certain parts of Mary's life and the sorrow that she lived right up to this point of where she met Jesus along the Via Della Rosa, the way of, the, of sorrow as he travelled to Calvary.
so at this point of the programme, we'd invite Jared Hanley to share his reflection on the fifth station of the cross. Uh, the fifth station, um, Simon helps carry Jesus' cross. Um, it's a story um, that struck me um, recently when I had to go in and buy a Bible for my granddaughter. And on the way in, I decided I'd call into Mass. So when I went into Mass, it was a funeral Mass. And I was a little bit put out because, you know, I wanted to get in and out, you know. So I stayed. And as the Mass progressed, the priest started to speak about this man who had died in a house fire. And I had read about it on the newspaper, but you know, thought it was, it was very sad. So the priest started to, to, to speak about this man and how he worked in the community and how he, he helped out. And he was very popular. And as the priest spoke, my mind started to r- reflect and my thoughts started to, you know, develop. And as I looked up to my left-hand side, here was a picture, the Station of the Cross of Simon of Cyrene. And I started to think that this man who had died in this house fire, his little dog was found um, at the foot of the stairs. And this man had helped in the community. And I started to think, you know, this man was very similar to Simon, who helped out in the community how Simon had helped Jesus carry his cross. So after Mass, I went down and I down to the Augustinians in Limerick and I bought this Bible for my granddaughter. And I opened the Bible. And when I opened it, right on the very page was the part about Simon of Cyrene. And I was really struck. I felt that I learned a lesson. You know, that um, how God can speak to us through the simple things, you know. And such a joy that I got, you know, that from it was just an amazing story, just amazing the way I. Um, it just happened. Um, the song that I have chosen tonight is um, a Tezu song. It's Ubi Caritas. Where there is love, God is there. And definitely, you know, God was there in that community where that man lived and worked and helped out and actually died in the very community.
So at this point of the programme, um, we'll invite Barbara Hanley to join with us her reflection on the sixth station of the cross. Well, my reflection is Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. Um, when I was reflecting on this station, um, what struck me about it was how brave and how courageous it was of Veronica to step forward in in the situation that she found herself in. There must have been it must have been a horrendous fight. The whole a mob, an angry mob, Jesus there carrying his cross, suffering this innocent man taking our sins on his shoulders. So Veronica stepping forward and wiping his face. And I was just thinking of how how painful that must have been for her to to have known this beautiful man. And then for him to, you know, he was such a good man and to to see him suffering, to see blood and spittle and dirt and grime on his face, it must have been must have been just absolutely horrible. So just thinking about her wiping his face and and then that imprint left on the on the cloth and just looking at it and seeing seeing this face looking back, you know, this image. And um I was thinking as well that even as a child I remember my mother used to say to us every you know we all had this a picture in our in our homes of the sacred heart and it was like the suffering face of Jesus and my mother would often say to us when we'd be fighting at home or you know not being kind to each other as brothers and sisters she'd say you know you hurt Jesus every time you do that and you know you're adding to his pain and his suffering you know so I do remember my mother saying that as a child and probably not fully understanding it but now as an adult you know looking at life now and just reflecting on this station like in a way when we don't show love to each other and we're unkind to each other in a way we're adding to we're kicking up that dirt and that spittle and that blood and that all those insults and we're you know we're adding to that mask of pain that Jesus had on his journey to Calvary. But also by contrast, when we show love to each other and we are kind, we're kind to each other. There's a lot of talk about kindness now and lack of it. But when we're kind to each other and we do the right thing and we show love, we in a way are wiping the face of Jesus like Veronica, wiping that mask of pain and suffering. And then that imprint then is left, you know, which is the face of Jesus, the face face of Jesus that we're all made in Jesus' image and likeness. And that's the imprint that's left behind. And he left that for us, his face and his image and likeness. So the song I have now is um, Christ Has No Body Now But Yours by John Michael Talbot.
And just before we, we play that, that final piece of music, I would just want to thank um, the members of the Manual community in, in Limerick. That's Geraldine Creighton, Jared Henley, and Barbara Henley. Thank you so much for coming on and, and helping us to make that journey with Jesus on his way to Calvary. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, John. And we're going with our final piece of music. One of my favourites, actually, John Michael Talbot. Christ has nobody know but yours. Christ has nobody now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks. Compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Still joined with Shane, uh, by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line. And this is part of the programme is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Before that, there's a prayer. We always pray to help us uh, before we actually read the Gospel. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, humbly, and attentively. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening, 
We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Chen. So the Gospel for this Sunday, the second Sunday in Lent, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 1 to 9. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain where they could be alone. There, in their presence, he was transfigured. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them. They were talking with him. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Lord, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when suddenly a bright cloud covered them with shadow. And from the cloud there came a voice which said, This is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favour. Listen to him. And when they heard this, the disciples fell in their faces, overcome with fear. But Jesus came up and touched them. Stand up, he said, do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one but only Jesus. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus gave them this order. Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. So that's the Gospel for today, the second Sunday in Ordinary Time. Shane, you want to start off with a few thoughts, please? Yeah, um, I suppose it's, it's, it's the Transfiguration. So during Lent um, each year, we get certain Gospels which are repeated on the Sundays of Lent each year, and the Transfiguration is one of them. Of course, we will hear the Transfiguration again in August when we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration. But it's important that in the preparation to Lent, we encounter this particular event, um, which as far as I know is actually common to three, if not four, of the Synoptic Gospels. That's something I forgot to check before we did the radio this week. But the Transfiguration event is important on so many different levels. Um, Jesus takes his three beloved disciples up a mountain. They're on their way to Jerusalem. So we know they're eventually going to end up on the other hill, which is Calvary. And it's the, the contrasts between the two, the, the glory of, of the transfiguration versus the despair and the dying of, 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 of Calvary. You have here the three apostles don't want to leave. They want to stay there. They want to experience the great event. Basically, they all run away when they get to Calvary. You have the whole idea of going up the mountain like Moses, going up to encounter the divine. You have here, again, that reaffirmation of who Jesus is, echoing the voice at the baptism of the Lord, echoing um, his experiences that he had in the desert, which we heard about last Sunday. And also, I suppose, that whole thing, listen, to, this is my son, the beloved, with him I'm well pleased. We have here as well the confirmation that Jesus stands in the line of Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. So that echoes that gospel we had a couple of weeks ago, where he spoke about not one line of the law would be lost without it being completed. So there's, there's a lot going on, I suppose, in this, in this Sunday's gospel. And I think for us, I suppose we have to think about, well, why do we hear about it during the Lent journey? I suppose the one thing, I suppose, is it's to remind us um, of what is the promise after Calvary. 
because the journey of Lent is the journey towards Jerusalem and what's going to happen. So it's a forepromise, it's a forethought of what's going to happen in terms of Easter Sunday. I suppose the second thing I would say about it is there's also, I suppose, the question and the reminder to us that when Jesus was transfigured, his clothes were as white, were brilliant white. Brilliant, I think, is the sun, I think is how it's put, or whichever way. So the question for us this Lent is, how are we making space in our lives to be transfigured? What is it that we do or do not do, or what is it that we are participating in, or whichever the case might be, which needs to be changed and reformed so that we start to resemble the transfigured Christ. Now, that sounds very high convoluting, I suppose, in one sense, John, but I suppose that is the reminder to us of what we are called to be. There's that great expression that sometimes is used. We are sinners who are called to be saints. We are the only Christ that a person is going to meet. So the question for us is, you know, where are we presenting the, the, the opportunities to ourselves and to others where we will transfigure our lives so that we are the Christ for the person that we meet in our day-to-day life? And that's something I think that we, you know, that we, we, we need to think about. Now, about two weeks ago, we had that, that gospel about the, 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 the call to be Christian, turn the, turn the cheek, uh, pray for your enemies. And at the time, when we did it that Sunday, we had said to people that it was a difficult enough gospel to kind of reflect on. And we said that, should be, that could be a gospel to carry through Lent as a re- for one to reflect on and to think about. And I suppose if you take that gospel that gospel, and you look at this week's gospel and ask yourselves the questions, am I living up to what Jesus is calling me to be? Am I transfiguring my life, my way of being, who I am, to answer that call, to enter into the death of Christ? Because that's what we're called to do. Because by entering into his death, we are opening ourselves up to life with him. We're opening ourselves up to being part of who he is and what he is. We are called to be the divine that's in each of us, to live our lives in such a way that is open and and transparent and life-giving and answering to what we are meant to be in God's calling to each and each one of us. So in terms of the transfiguration, it's a beautiful gospel to read and reflect on. Of course, you know, you can be somewhere in the scene watching it. For me, it's particularly one of those Gospels where I I love the iconography, the traditional iconography associated with that particular Gospel passage. And of course, always with the three disciples that are there, uh, Peter, James and John, you know, I suppose the question is, who are you? Which one of those are you? And a lot of people will always, of course, go for Peter um, and kind of demand the reactor to want to do something. So it's that call, that call to action this Lent to provide those moments of the divine encounter where we can be transfigured and answer to, the, to who we are called to be as Christ has called us, each and every one of us. As usual, Shane, thanks for that. Food for thought there. Where are we? I suppose the phrase that, 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 that spoke to me this week... Um, that, that first line of the gospel, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up, I know it's up a high mountain, but led them up, led them somewhere where they could be alone is, is what spoke with me. And for me, I suppose, and for us, there have been, there have been and will be many times in our lives when Jesus leads us 
and wants us to be alone with him. Maybe some quiet time in the morning as we take time to be to be quiet and maybe we could be reading and reflecting on the scriptures for the readings for the day or whatever we might be reading. But as we read and reflect, we know there's words and phrases that touch us, having a connection with our own lives. And we feel God speaking to us and touching us with some truth that we know we need. We know we need to hear it. We feel encouraged and give, and even we feel uplifted with having received this gift of this teaching. And we have as many, and we have as many people say experience that transfiguration moment. But then I have to leave my mountain and return to daily life, and that's where I got to put into practice what I've been taught. This happens to all of us at different times and in different ways of our life. It could be when we see somebody helping others with some, some of their struggles and trials in daily life. We're encouraged and uplifted by what we see them doing. And so again, we can hear God speaking to us and teaching us and trying to put into practice that same thing in our lives. So today, maybe we could give Jesus a chance to be alone with him. We could be anywhere. It could be at home, outside, walking in the fresh air, whatever it might be. Just give him time. Allow him to quieten us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to, to hear what he has to say. I suppose just quoting what the Gospel says today. It says, he enjoys my favour, listen to him. So I suppose that's the message for us to take away this morning. Listen to him. The only way we can listen to him is be quiet. Go away to that lonely place. Allow Jesus to draw us away. Okay, Shane, that about brings us to the end of the programme. Um... Another week of Lent, the uh, challenges that Shane spoke to us about there, transfiguration moments, where, where can we, we experience those transfiguration moments in our time? Just being alone, letting Jesus lead us to where he wants to lead us. Thanks again, Shane. Thanks, John. For, and I suppose we'll go out with our final piece of music. This, this time it's by Monica Brown, and this one is entitled, Listen to Me. So next week, join myself and Shane again, where again we'll, go, we'll continue on with our series of Lenten Reflections. We'll have another guest with us to reflect with us on the 7th, 8th and 9th station. So next week for myself and Shane, God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. Listen, the voice of your God is calling. Listen, the voice of your God is calling. Listen with the ear of your heart, the voice of your God is calling. Listen, the voice of your God. of your God is called
to me.